Tuesday Night Mystery Club. Hello and welcome to the Tuesday Night Mystery Club, a show where I tell a guest a mystery story and they try and guess the solution. I am your host, Caitlin McCluskey, and today is a little bit different because I have recorded the episode, the full, the full story earlier this week, and now I am recording the just the solution to, to the to the mystery. So this week I told the story Dead Man's Folly by Agatha Christie, and I also did not have a guest this week. Instead, I challenged all my listeners to try and come up with on their own the solution to this story, and if they felt like it, they could write in with their solution, and I will read it now. I will read the solutions written in, and then I will give the actual solution. The other thing that is different about this episode is I'm trying to film it, and I will hopefully upload a video to YouTube, uh, maybe later this week, if <laughs> depending on timelines. Um, I And because of that, I'm hoping to not have to do too much editing, so I will edit the podcast, so if there's any pauses or anything, I'll cut those out, but for this YouTube video, it's just <laughs> all the awkwardness will be left in, so... I guess apologies for that. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. This is this is kind of a test run that I can do by myself and possibly with guests in the future if it goes well. Um, if you have not already listened to the episode Dead Man's Folly, you can search for it anywhere you listen to podcasts. It's Tuesday Night Mystery Club, and all of this information will be in the description of the podcast and hopefully, as long as it happens, the YouTube video. Okay. Um, so I'll give a quick recap on this story. So this is a Hercule Poirot story with featuring Ariadne Oliver, the uh, mystery detective novel writer featured within Agatha Christie's, a couple of Agatha Christie's books. And she had summoned Poirot to this place, Nass House, where she had written a murder hunt. So it was a game, it was a, it was a kind of a party game where you were given a story and uh, you were given a story and kind of the first clue and you had to go through the party and try and find all the other clues. And at the end, there was a body and you were trying to guess who the murderer was. And through that, you can imagine there was a murder. The the girl guy or teenager in town who was supposed to be the fake dead body for this murder hunt was found actually murdered. And so suspicion fell on the members of the household or people who had been involved in the planning of the murder hunt because they were the ones that would have known this girl, Marlene, was in the boathouse with the door locked and they would have known how to, to for her to let them in or to get the key or, or all of that kind of thing. So I will start by reading the two, I got two solutions. So I'll start on Instagram. I got a message from Gabrielle with her guess for the solution. And so I'm just going to read this off because there's only two. So I don't have to worry about shortening or condensing people's guesses. <laughs> so Gabrielle says that she thinks it was Etienne who was working with the woman who was renting from George. And so she said she can't remember the name. So I'm assuming she means Mrs. Foliat, who was living in the lodge on the property and had been the previous owner of Nass House before Sir George had moved in. Um, and she says that she's thinking this because of what the ferryman had said about 
um, always needing to be a foliate at Nassau's. So Etienne had a big boat, a yacht, and it could have had spare floorboards. And so she thinks that Peggy Leg, <laughs> which she then, Gabrielle goes, that, oh my gosh, her name is Peg Leg, <laughs> which is true. And um, she thinks that that, that whole thing is just a red herring. And she also thinks that while she was at the Folly, Miss Foliat came into the tent and then took that path to the boathouse that Poirot took. Oh, okay, yeah. Poirot took and killed the girl who knew something about her affair with Etienne or something along those lines. And she would like to add that we should stop characterizing little girls as sneaky and conniving and deserving her fate of a literal murder. I mean, come on, Agatha, let's have a little shine theory here. When one woman shines, we do. <laughs> and then Gabrielle says, unrelated, I love you so much, but every time you say quay as quay, which is how I'm going to continue to pronounce it, I died. This was a fun idea, but it definitely would be helpful to have a character list next time. Okay, and that's very true because I said I would post one. Oh, did I? Not for this episode. Uh, that's a good, that's a good point for the future. We'll see if I can get on that on Instagram, maybe posting in the stories, a character list every week. Uh, no promises in the future. No promises in the near future, but maybe in the far future. Okay, so that was, that was Gabrielle's guess. Uh, and I would sum it up to say that we're suspecting, she's suspecting Etienne working with Mrs. Folia. Okay. And then on the email at TuesdayNightMysteryClub at gmail.com, I got a message from Charlotte. And this is her guess for Dead Man's Falling. So she says um, that the story had reminded her a lot of the previous Ariadne Oliver story that we had done last Halloween with Nikki. And so her guess is kind of inspired by that episode. And so she thinks that Hattie, who was um, Sir George's wife, killed Marlene, the girl guide, and then ran away and hid on Etienne's yacht. So we're, this, this theory also includes Etienne and a secret compartment or something. Okay, so that um, both they both include that guess as well. And then Marlene had said her grandfather had found a body in the forest. That's a very, that's a very good point because that came up at the beginning of the podcast that there, a body had been found in the forest. So Marlene and the grandfather were killed because they had seen the body. I don't know whose body and how it ties in with Hattie, but that is my guess. Can't wait to hear if I'm right. <laughs> okay, so those are our two guesses. And I will say that they, I think they both involve um, points to the real answer, but neither of them are correct, kind of. They both they both involve aspects of being correct. So, so when we left off, Poirot had Poirot had called I believe Poirot had called up the police and basically said I know what's happened, and um, he 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 set some things in motion to get some more information, and he ends up the. Uh, the police detective, Detective Inspector uh, Bland, who was on the case, calls him up and they, they set up some meeting to meet with the commissioner, whoever, and Hercule Poirot basically says that he he knows what's happened. And then it kind of cuts. 
and then he Poirot goes to visit. This is much later. I, it turns out someone has been arrested, and he's going to visit Mrs. Holyot. And he kind of starts to tell her what he think happened. And so this is our our getting of the solution of what what had happened at the house. And so it turns out that Sir George has been arrested, and. Um, I think Poros starts by saying that he had started to suspect that Sir George was in reality Mrs. Foliat's son. And so at the beginning of the story, we had kind of talked about that uh, Mrs. Foliat had had two sons. She had had to pay death duties for three people, her two sons and her husband, but that only one of her sons had been killed in the war. The other had been missing in action and presumed dead. And so that was kind of the point that Paro was stuck on of, we don't know that he actually died. And so he had suspected that Sir George could be this son kind of hiding under a new name. And this was not, he was not the only one who thought this, but the, the old Myrtle, the, or I think it was Myrtle, I'm forgetting his name now too, the ferryman or Marlene's grandfather probably had suspected something as well. And that was his his joke of saying there will always be Foliats at Nass House. He wasn't, he he was saying he was talking about Mrs. Foliat living in the lodge, but there was an idea that he might have recognized mannerisms in Sir George that he knew that it was actually this, this Miss, Mrs. Foliat's son. And Poirot also gets on. So I think it was Charlotte who had said that Marlene, Marlene's grandfather had seen a body and they're talking about that and so that they were both killed for seeing a body and Poirot also agrees that this is it was two murders that this is probably what had happened um and then they get it he gets into the bill the bill why though like what what body did they see that kind of implies that there was a third murder and Poirot that is his opinion he's saying there's three murders and so what he thinks happened was that Mrs. Foliat had taken on this girl Hattie from for whatever reason, because her parents had died. But he suggests, Mrs. Foley had said that she was poor or broke or that her parents had, you know, bit gone bankrupt. But he suggests that this family member, Etienne, who's come on the yacht, he has an expensive yacht. He's going on this just like huge trip that clearly is going to cost a lot of money. And so he's suggesting that Hattie was not poor, but in fact was rich. And so why is Mrs. Foliat covering this up? What he was saying, what he's saying, and what he thinks that the police are going to uncover is that Sir George had married Hattie for her money, and she had been this. She had been described as kind of uh, what's the word, uh, easily manipulated. And so he imagines that Sir George, or we'll, we'll keep calling him Sir George, had been able to get Hattie to sign over all of her money to him. And uh, that had been kind of Mrs. Foliot's plan, and she thought that it would end there, that that uh, her son would be fine with this woman who kind of idealized him and was very pretty and kind of docile and clearly had given, given all her money away, kind of probably unknowingly, and she thought that's where it would end. Little did she know that her son was already married to a woman that he had met during the war, who was kind of part of the underworlds in Spain or something like that. And so when they had moved into Nass House, on that evening, the real Hattie had been killed. And this folly that had been erected in a weird place, according to the architect Michael, was a weird place because 
it was built over where Poirot suspects they are going to find the body of Hattie. So this new woman who is actually married to Sir George takes over and, and starts to impersonate Hattie. And so that's that's where you get into some people describing Hattie as as dumb, whereas other people describe her as like incredibly sharp when she wants to be. So that's like Michael and uh, the secretary, whatever her name was. <laughs> I, I can't remember her name either. <laughs> uh, but Bruis, there we go, Miss Bruis, them describing her as as sharp and kind of all there and knowing what she's doing and being manipulative in a sense. So they, they didn't know the whole story, but they were picking up on parts of it. And it's because it wasn't the real Hattie. So she was playing a character. And so there was talk of Etienne saying that he had sent a letter three weeks ago and they had received it. And they knew that Etienne, an actual family member, would recognize that this was not Hattie. So they had to create some way of getting her out of the picture so that she didn't have to meet this cousin. And so all they had done was uh, Hattie had snuck in, kind of, I think, as Gabrielle was saying, had snuck through the tent. So it wasn't it wasn't um, Mrs. Bulliat that had done it. It was Hattie had snuck through the tent. She had a rucksack so that she could, she had been pretending, she'd been kind of doing like this double, double life at the time. Um, when Miss Brewis said that she had seen Hattie sneaking out wearing like a different clothes and she said to go meet a man, she was actually sneaking out to go to the hostel next door where she was pretending to be this European girl traveler and playing this double life so that during the fete, she could sneak out, get her rucksack full of her her hostel goer clothes, sneak over to the hostel and just take a bus into town and be on her way pretending to be this this other person. So when the police were looking all over the country for Hattie, dressed in this these elegant clothes and high heels that she wouldn't have been able to run in, that character doesn't exist anymore. Before though, there there's this that's one thing, but then why why has Marlene been murdered? Why is theoretically like what we think her grandfather been murdered as well? And that's when Poirot gets into the idea that Marlene listened and took note of people's secrets and then tried to get money out of them, basically. And so he suggests that Marlene had been the only one who was kind of listening to her grandfather. She had heard her grandfather say that that Sir George wasn't who he said he was. And maybe she she didn't know any better. She had never met met the Mrs. Foliat's son beforehand or or really know anything about Sir George, but she might have suggested something to him. And they 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 couldn't know what she knew and what she didn't know. And so they went along with giving her money, but also knew that she had to be gotten rid of. So it was suggested by Poirot that it could not be Sir George because he was on he was at the Fet the whole day, but that Hattie, or whoever this woman actually is, before when she had snuck out and changed, gotten her rucksack, changed into clothes, she had gone down to the boathouse, strangled Marlene, changed, and then been on her way as a, as a traveler, as this traveling traveler traveler girl, and so he doesn't understand totally why Mrs. Foliat can shield her son, knowing that he's a murderer, um, and. He, he can see how a mother can try to see the best in her son and thinks he won't do it again, he won't do it again, but he also knows that she's 
she's delusional that once a murderer, always a murderer. And especially once you've been able to kill three people, you have no problem killing again. So he's kind of saying Mrs. Foliat thinks that this is the end of it, but it would never end. And so Sir George's arrest is, of course, necessary, and she is complicit in all of this. And so this is where I would ask a guest, what am I missing? What pieces of information from this story have I forgotten to tell you? And so if you have questions, because I did not answer them adequately in this explanation, please, please feel free to reach out to me on Instagram. You can DM me, which is Tuesday Night Mystery Club. I guess you could message me on TikTok. That's not going as well because I, as I had hoped, because I, it's hard to post on multiple platforms, but you can message me on TikTok if you feel comfortable with that, or you can send me an email, TuesdayNightMysteryClub at gmail.com. I guess on YouTube. I do have a YouTube. I never check that, but I'm sure the message would get to me if you want me to answer a question, or I'm sure you can just look up this story on Google if I'm missing any adequate explanation. Um, so I've just mentioned all the socials. If I'm also a affiliate with Podbean, which is where I record or where am I host this podcast. So if you would like to start your own podcast and want a free first month, you can use my affiliate link, which I believe is podbean.com slash mystery club. I might be wrong about that. I will leave a link in the description to this podcast with that affiliate code, affiliate link. Um, if, if you sign up with that link, then I also get a free month free. So that's what's in it for me. Um, you can also support the show on Patreon. If you love this show and, um, and would like to show your appreciation, or if you would like to receive bonus content, there are different tiers over on Patreon. You can get the show early, get show notes. What's it called? Q and question and answer videos, that kind of thing. Uh, there's a couple more, couple more tiers. You can check that out, which is at patreon.com slash Tuesday Night Mystery Club. And on that note, I would like to thank our current patrons. We have at the Inspector Gamash level, we have Shelly Tsao, and at the Miss Jane Mar, Mar excuse me, at the Miss Jane Marple level, we have Barb McLean, Michael Brello, Debbie Kravis, Emily Shilton, Alex Young Davies, and the newest, newest patron, Sarah Outhwaite. Thank you all so much for your support. And with that, I think I've gone over everything. So stay tuned for the next episode, which will come out very shortly within the next day or two. And I will see you then. Goodbye, everybody. Bye.